the church was finally given peace. And then there was a birthday party they missed, and that did not go well. I'm Loralee Siemens, and you're listening to Church History. Since the very beginning of the church, she has been persecuted. Christians have been dipped in oil and set on fire to light parties, put into hollow trees and sawn in half, crucified upside down as part of theater, beheaded, metal crowns hammered into their heads. They've been fed to lions, boiled in oil, drowned in the sea, and worked to death in camps. But the church could not be stopped. She only grew. By the early 200s, the church was in every part of the Roman Empire and also far beyond the Roman borders. Eventually, the Roman Empire gave up trying to stop the church by killing them. The games had lost their appeal and society was no longer really accepting to this practice. The crowds that had once cheered as Christians were brutally killed now didn't really want to see that brutality. So Rome gave up and decided to just tolerate the church. No longer needing to hide in secret homes or in underground catacombs, church buildings were soon put up all over the empire. The two famous schools, the school in Alexandria and Carthage, soon had buildings and graveyards were built. This was a very big deal because at this time the Roman tradition was to cremate the bodies. Christians didn't want to participate in this because of the pagan worship that was part of the process. Christians wanted to instead bury the bodies in the ground. Now that Christianity was left alone, they began to build Christian cemeteries near their church buildings. The church continued to grow, but there was two major divides. The school in Alexandria continued to teach that by the way to reach educated people was to merge philosophy and the Bible. The school in Carthage continued to teach the Bible should be the only form of truth and it should be guarded against any false teachings. Remember, Alexandria was in Egypt and Carthage was in Africa. These two schools become very important in church history, so you need to keep them in mind. For the church, it was a few decades of peace. And then came the year 247. 247 marked the 1,000 year anniversary of Rome. Rome had dominated the world as the power nation for one thousand years. So the year 274 was marked as a year of celebration. Since pagan worship and also worship of the state and the emperor were really the only thing that unified Rome, the celebrations completely circled around the festivals of pagan worship. The church refused to participate and they were vocal about the problems with pagan worship. For most of the Roman citizens, this started as really an annoyance and then by the end of the year it turned into pure hate. The tolerance of the church by the Roman citizens soon ended, but then a year later in 248, the Goths attacked Rome and killed thousands of Roman soldiers. The Goths were a group from Germany. Now Rome was losing the battle with the Goths and they blamed the Christians. Decius, who was the ruler at the time, declared it was the Christians who refused to participate in the year-long celebration that had turned the gods against Rome. So. First, he outlawed the worship of Christianity, which meant they could still meet in their churches, but the services could only 
talk about how to live a good life, but not about the worship of Jesus Christ. But soon that ended and he outlawed the church services altogether. The doors of the churches were closed and no one was allowed to enter. Then he was killed in a battle fighting the Goths and Valerian took over. He ordered the death of all Christian leaders. The church was once again thrown into persecution and forced to meet in secret again. Galerius was the man put in charge of killing the church leaders. Then Diocletian took over. At first, he said he was going to bring in tolerance, which meant you could worship whatever God you wanted. The church for a few years was able to once again worship in their church buildings. But Galerius, who'd been in charge of the killings of the church leaders, continued to try and persuade Diocletian to rid Rome of the church once and for all. Finally, Diocletian agreed, and the hardest attack on Christianity started. This was the largest attack in the history of the church. Diocletian wrote a law that was read in every city in Rome. This is what it said. All church buildings were to be completely destroyed. All Bibles were to be burned. All clergy were to be arrested, tortured, and if they refused to worship the emperor, killed. All citizens were to sacrifice to the gods, and anyone who refused, killed. It was now officially against the law to be a Christian in Rome. In the year 300, in a country called Armenia, Christians had more freedom to worship. A man named Gregory the Illuminator became a great evangelist, traveling and speaking. The king of Armenia called Gregory to come to the throne and preach. Once the king heard the gospel, he immediately repented of his sins, asked for forgiveness, and became a follower of Jesus Christ. This is the first world leader who became a Christian. He immediately ended all pagan worship and adopted Christianity as the state religion. Back in Rome, Galerius became ill and realized he was going to die. He realized that his one goal in life had been to wipe out the church, but instead the church had actually grown during his lifetime. He knew that only God could have kept the church alive. He wrote a letter to the churches and called for the leaders of the church. He then asked them to pray for him. Diocletian realized that Rome was now too big for one person to rule. So he divided the emperor into four regions and placed four different rulers as mini Caesars. One of those rulers was Maxentius. He had a huge hatred for Christians. So under his rule, Christians continued to be killed. Another ruler was Constantine. Now, Constantine was known as a moral man. Unlike other leaders who slept with very different women, Constantine was faithful to his wife. He also did not believe in religious persecution and wanted everyone to live in peace together. So in Constantine's area of Rome, the church was free to live and worship openly. Constantine and Maxentius were bitter rivals. Constantine hated how he was treating Roman citizens and Christians, and they ended up going to war against each other. Maxentius had a much larger army, and Constantine had really no chance of winning. The night before the battle, Constantine had a dream. He saw two Greek letters, the two letters that symbolized Jesus Christ. The letters floated around and then merged together to form a cross. Constantine heard a voice that said, Fight under this name and you will win. When Constantine awoke, he had each soldier paint the symbol on their shield. They went into battle and won. When Constantine ended the battle, he said it was Jesus Christ who had given him the victory, and it was not Constantine who had won, but Jesus. One historian says the emperor took off his crown and bowed before the king of kings. 
It was at this point that Constantine confessed the name of Jesus and declared he was a Christian. Shortly after this battle, Diocletian's government completely collapsed, and Constantine, who was ruling the two large areas of Rome at this point, took control of all of Rome. He declared a state tolerance of religion. All religions would be allowed to exist in peace. But unlike the last state tolerance, Constantine had church officials put into high positions of power in the government. It very quickly became clear, if you wanted to have any power in Rome, you must be a Christian. Now the school in Alexandria was thrilled. The school in Carthage was not. They saw this as perhaps the greatest threat to the church. Who would be right? The school in Alexandria? Should they be excited about this new change where they have power in government? Or is the school in Carthage right? Was having power in government and the church being given this new role actually dangerous and a threat to the church? You're going to have to wait to hear about it in the next episode. For more videos, podcasts, and blogs, check out my website, lauraleesiemens.com.